You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. How is everyone? We're getting better. And it's good to be in the house of God. You know, when we worship God, powerful things happen. You can do that at home to worship God, but something even more powerful, when the church gathers, as we have for the last 2,000 years, and we worship together, hearing the sound of each other's voices, get ready, because God is going to speak to us. He's going to transform us. Have you got a soft heart today? Open minds for God to speak. The Word of God says His Word is powerful and effective. It's living, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. And so in a moment when we open up the Word of God, just allow God's Word to speak to you. Great to have people watching online today. Also our Sheffield campus are watching. It's great to see you in South Yorkshire. Can we give them a huge welcome to Manchester today? Sorry if you're a Chef Wednesday fan, it's a bad year for you. But I can, I can, uh, I'm a Unite fan, so we're also having a bad year. But it's going to get better in Jesus' Name. We are in the middle, literally the middle of a series called This Audacious Life. Have you enjoyed it so far? Pastor Glynn has been speaking the last two weeks on what it is to be uh, an audacious Christian, what it is, what our faith enables us to be. And we're looking at it through the lens and looking at the life of Jesus, the most audacious. In other words, bold, fearless, courageous life that was ever lived was Jesus Christ. And we take our example from that. And as a result, looking at the life of Jesus, the Word of God, we try and become a church that, uh, that expresses those values in that culture. And so, Over four weeks, we're looking at what we've coined as four culture points of the church, but we're really speaking about the culture of Jesus, how He lived His life. And so we're gonna read from the Bible today. We're gonna read from Philippians chapter two, and it's Paul the Apostle, and he's writing a letter to the church. He's in a difficult situation, uh, but he's speaking about joy in the middle of challenging times. And as he's writing these words, he uses the example of the life of Jesus and enables us to look at how Jesus lived and how that causes us to live. And so we're gonna use a look at that Scripture today. You can turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, verse number 6. Verse 5 we'll go from, thanks to the band. Verse number 5, in your relationships with one another. Everyone say, ooh, wow, this is getting real. In your relationships with one another. Now think about the people that you do life with. Not just the people you easily get on with. Think about the people who sat next. No, I don't mean that. Think about the challenging people in work or I don't know, those neighbours or whoever it is for you. Think about those people in your relationships with one another. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, 
who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. But rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he, Jesus, humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every other name, that at that name, the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Can I get an Amen? Amen. To the glory of God the Father. Here's where Paul turns, he says, Church, think about Jesus, have that mindset. Think about all the things being made in human and likeness, be, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is the God-man. Now, he says in verse 12, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, I think he's making a very big assumption there about us, or maybe it's just me, you, you guys always obey the Word of God. Not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, understanding that God is not just our mate. Hello? God is holy. That's why we live with fear and trembling before God, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil your good purpose. <laughs> no, the Bible does not say that. It says in order to fulfil His good purpose through your life. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Everyone just, ouch. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. And then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the Word of life. As you hold firmly to the Word of life. Can you say that with me? As we hold firmly to the Word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you. As you hold firmly to the Word of faith, as you hold firmly to that God Word that you carry, as you hold firmly to that first time you responded to Jesus, and now every day is living accordance to that moment. As you hold firmly to the dream that God has birthed in your heart, as you hold firmly in the face of adversity and opposition, as you firm, hold firmly in the face of mundane and normal average everyday living, as you hold firmly. The culture point we're speaking about today is fiercely 
determined. We're speaking about a church and a people that have fierce determination in their life. In other words, they live with grit, resolve, commitment to a cause, with passion to see things through. And God has called every single one of us to live as Jesus lived with fierce determination. I wanna know if there's a church here that lives fiercely determined in life. Come on, by the end of today, we're gonna have the courage, we're gonna have the power of God living within us to enable us to live fiercely determined. I don't know how, uh, let's pray first because the Word of God's powerful and it's His Word that's gonna cause change. Not our intentions, not our emotions, but God's Word. Would you put your hand on your heart? God, we just thank You for every person here in Manchester, in Sheffield, online, wherever they are. God, we thank You that Your Word is powerful, that Your Word is effective, that Your Word is sharper than a double-edged sword. It's Your Word that causes transformation in our life. We pray that You would speak to us so clearly. Right now, God, we open up our hearts. We open up our minds. May we be transformed today by the renewing of our minds so that we can test and approve what Your good and perfect plans are. Fill us today with courage, boldness by the Spirit of God in Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen should have thanked God for yesterday's result against Burnley. That is the grace and goodness of God. I don't know if you've ever been in the middle of a situation where you felt like bailing. Anyone? We've been in the middle of a building project in our home since February. Did I tell you that? February. The month now is... September, I was hoping you'd say April. It's been a long time and we've been living through that and there's dust on dust on dust. And at times in the middle, you just wish you could bail. You wish you could get out of there. But who knows when you're building a, an extension in a physical home that is your house, there's not many options to bail. You just gotta keep on going. I wanna encourage you this morning that you may feel in your life that you are under construction. And I wanna encourage you that today, you can through the Holy Spirit have fierce determination to say, I'm not gonna bail, I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna back down. I'm gonna hold firmly to the Word of God. I'm gonna hold firmly to the Spirit of God. I'm gonna hold firmly to what I know is true, what I know is right. I'm gonna keep on going with fierce determination. And so we can face the situations we need to face, but we need God's Spirit and His power to do it. You know, they said Albert Einstein could have been kicked out of school. He was excluded from his school. Imagine if he'd given up. Michael Jordan, he was told through life as a basketball player in his teenage years that he was too short could have given up. Martin Luther King Jr. said these words. He said, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. 
but do whatever you have to do to keep on moving forward. That's fierce determination. This says, come on, we just gotta do what we need to do to take another step. And I wanna encourage you through the Word of God, let's keep moving forward however we need to keep moving forward. How are we gonna do that? Number one, we must start with the why. Start with the why. Listen and, and hear the example of Jesus Christ here in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 6 to 8. Jesus, who being in very nature God, He was God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. But rather He made Himself nothing by taking the nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. He became, he, uh, being found in, in appearance as a man, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to death. Jesus, Son of God, became obedient even to death and even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted Him. Jesus, who was the God-man, He was 100% God, at the same time, 100% man. And in this moment, He recognised, I am not just here living a life on my own. I've been sent, commissioned, sent by the Father for a purpose. And Jesus had to live with that distinct sense of eternal purpose and reason and the why in the forefront of His mind at every step. The Bible in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 gives us the reason that He could endure death, even death on a cross. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, fixing our eyes on Jesus, Philippians says, have the same mindset of Christ, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, Hebrews 12, 2, for the joy set before Him, endured the cross, for the joy set before Him, the vision, the purpose, Set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus had to keep that why, that reason, that joy set before Him the whole time that He was living out that purpose. And that purpose included being obedient to death, even death on a cross. If Jesus needs to live with that sense of why and purpose, that means He goes from His knees in a prayer closet in, Gol Gol uh, in Gethsemane to the cross at Golgotha. If He prays the prayer, not my will, but Your will be done to the Father, even in His human emotion asking, may this cup pass then how much more do we need to live with that sense of purpose that's bigger than ourselves in the forefront of our minds? We've got to live with that sense of why. We've got to live with that sense of purpose at the forefront 
of our minds. Proverbs 28, 19, without vision, people perish. Another version says they cast off the restraints, the boundaries, the parameters. You know, people for a season may think freedom is living without any boundaries, any parameters. And yet we all find that true freedom is not the, uh, not the lifting of parameters, but it's the right parameters set in place enables us to live in the freedom that God has won for us. And when we have a why, a reason, a purpose, a vision, then we understand restriction is good for us. It keeps us fixed, it keeps us focused. And we have to keep that sense of why and reason to keep the right limitations in our life. This week, I want you to think, why am I doing what I'm currently doing? Because more often than not, Everyone has had that sense of commission or call or purpose when we first took that job or that role or we first made that decision or made that commitment. We had a reason, we had a sense of why. And often it's halfway through the building project when it feels like the glamour's gone. It feels like everything's dusty. Everything's a little bit dysfunctional. It feels like in that moment you need to bail. But you've got to keep the why in front of you. Keep the vision, the purpose. Many people in this room, you responded to Jesus in a moment. And in that moment, you recognised as you turned away from the old way of living and you faced Jesus and you said, from this day forward, help me to follow you. And you recognise that sense of purpose. You recognise that you weren't just here for three score years and 10, but you were here for eternity. And you were here to communicate that story and the understanding to others so that they can be, receive eternal life as well. That sense of purpose, it caused you to live differently. And we need to live every day differently because of the cause of Christ. Many of you have been on your knees at different moments in an altar call, maybe here at the front, maybe in a boot camp or a youth camp or wherever it was. And you were praying, maybe with tears running down your eyes, Jesus, I will live for You. I'll give everything for You. And we've got to keep that sense of why. Because on Monday morning, it often feels very different to those moments when we responded to a why. But we've got to keep it in the forefront of our mind. The second thing to live fiercely determined is number two, don't get distracted. <clears throat> don't get distracted. We've got to understand why we're here, focus on it, and not allow any distractions to rob you of the parameters that will get you there. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, it makes Paul transitions from remembering the mindset of Christ to now our application. And he says these words, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Is that a word of God for you today, anyone? Honest people? You're like, wow. I've been grumbling this week. 
I've been arguing this week. Well, the Word of God to you today is do everything without grumbling or arguing. I know what grumbling and arguing is because I had two sisters growing up. That's persecution right there. We could literally argue about anything. It started in the morning with our bowl of cereal where we would argue that they've got more cornflakes than me. I mean, we would be counting cornflakes. 376, I told you. We would argue on holiday about the allotment of the beach that our parents had assigned to us. And we would argue that she's got more grains of sand than me. It's not fair. I know you don't argue and grumble, but arguing and grumbling is all rooted in comparison. We argue or we grumble about our assignment in life because we're comparing it with somebody else's or we're comparing it with a misconceived perception of what we thought we should be experiencing. Oh, I thought I signed up to this and God, you've given me this. And so we end up arguing or grumbling because we live consumed with comparison. And the Bible clearly teaches us that we should not be distracted by looking at everybody else has got. Don't live distracted. Matthew chapter 20, we hear the story of Jesus, the parable. And He tells this story about the owner of a vineyard. And He's looking for workers. And so He hires someone at first point in the day, says, come and work with me for this wage. And the worker agrees the terms. He says, yes, I'll work for this day for this amount of money. Sign me up. Gets to work and does a whole day's shift. But during the day, around lunchtime, the owner of the vineyard recognises I'm going to need more people on board. And so he goes out and he recruits somebody else halfway through the day and they have a conversation and the terms they agree for a half day's work is actually the same amount of money that the person that started at the first point in the day is. But they don't know any difference, so he agrees the terms and he works. And the last five to five, there's always a five to five person. Oh, so annoying. Someone comes five to five, they've only got to work for five minutes and they come in, they agree the terms. I'm gonna work for the next few minutes but I'm gonna get the same amount of money that everybody else got. Nobody finds out. They've just agreed to their conversation with the master of the vineyard. They just said, here I am, Lord, send me. That's all they knew. They didn't know what the person next to them at the altar call was agreeing to. All they knew is, here I am. You can use me. You can send me. No comparison. The Bible tells, Jesus tells the story, they work, the owner brings the workers back together and as he's handing out the pay, five to five man's like, sweet. Lunchtime's man's thinking, this is not bad for half a day's labour. Nine o'clock man is livid. 
He's looking at lunchtime man and five to five man thinking, how is this fair? Look what they got. Look what he got. He's done absolutely nothing. Comes along for the glory shift and gets to pay the same amount as me. Can't believe it. But think about nine o'clock, man. He was before the master. He knew the conversation. He agreed to the terms. See, comparison will rob you of the joy of what you agree to. You've got to make a decision. Don't get distracted by what everybody else has got that you don't have. Don't get distracted by what everybody else is experiencing that you're not experiencing. Don't get distracted by the answers to prayer that everybody else get that you don't get. You just gotta live your life focused on the decision that you made. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. What it looks like for us is what I've signed up for. I will, God, here I am, send me. What it looks like for me is only between me and you. I signed up for you to use me wholly, for me to be used for your purpose. And so God, what you ask me to do, I will live my life trying to live fully obedient to your Word. And if I live that out, I'm gonna see the goodness of God in the land of the living. It's got nothing to do with anybody else or everybody else. If you're gonna be fiercely determined in your life, you're gonna live with that fierce determination. You've got to be focused on you and God, that you live solely for Him and His plan and purpose in your life through His local church. Fierce determination. Number one, uh, remember the why. Start with the why. Number two, don't get distracted. The last thing is this, don't turn back. No turning back. Don't even be tempted to look back and go, oh, it was way better when. If we're gonna live fiercely determined, we've gotta keep focused on the why. We've gotta live without distraction. And we've gotta not get tempted, no turning back. Philippians chapter two, verse 16 says, hold firmly to the word of life. Hold firmly to the Word of life. Hold firmly to the Word of life. And then, then we can boast that our labour was not in vain. If I just hold firmly to God's Word, if I obey Him at His Word, then we'll see God do good things. That when we look back on the life, we'll go, God, we lived with purpose. Our purpose wasn't something we conjured up It wasn't something we dreamt of. Our purpose is just to live simply by obeying you and obeying your Word and getting alongside with what He's building. He's building His house. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church, His bride. He loves His church. So if I make my decision, no turning back, not distracted, focused on the why, If I'm fierce in my determination, I live with grit, resolve, commitment to a cause. It just changes every day. 
Because whether things are good or bad, they're happy or don't really matter. Because I'm not in it for this minute. I'm in it for the greater cause. I'm in it to please God. I'm in it to hear the words of well done, good and faithful servant. I'm in it for an incredible inheritance. Right now, I just have a deposit of the inheritance that's waiting for me. I've got a deposit that's guaranteed, Ephesians tells us, my future inheritance. I can't wait to walk in to what God has been preparing for me. Been preparing a long time, it's gonna be good. So my job now is to live with fierce determination. Come on, maybe you're here today and being tempted to to look back or go back. Maybe you're saying, I can't take a step forward today. If you can't take a step forward, I wanna encourage you. Allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen you to not step back. I'm gonna hold firm to the Word of life. been commitments that you've made. Commitments that you've made under the inspiration of God He's just spoke to you or you've just followed His Word and you've made a commitment to that Word. And yet now you find yourself in a challenging situation. Feels rocky, it feels like everything's being shaken. And yet today I wanna encourage you, plant your feet on the only foundation that will be stable, sure. Jesus Christ, He's the rock that won't move. And today you can, through His power, hold firm to the Word of life. Today you can hold firm. And God has just so designed the church to gather. Once a week when we come together, we worship God first. We hear His Word. There's someone next to you today in your seat or when you have coffee or in your small group over the next few weeks. There's somebody that God's put in your life to encourage you to say, don't turn back, hold firm. Thank God for the people in this room to each one of us. Come on, let's applaud everybody else for being a gift to us. You can hold firm, you can hold firm. No turning back. Remember that time you did what you were doing for a reason, for a cause and for the call, Jesus. It's because of you. You are our great why. You're the reason. Having a conversation this week with a significant person within this environment, talking about life, ups and downs and different things going on. I said, the only difference in my life and your life with everything that you're saying, the only difference is I have something to anchor my life on that won't move. 
that won't change, that won't shift. I face many of the challenges that you're talking about. Face all of those things and yet the difference is I've got an anchor. I've got a firm foundation. So it means I can live and act and breathe differently. I can live with some form of stability in life. Hold firm to the Word of life. Come on, church, hold firm to the Word of life. Follow Jesus and don't turn back. Thank you for listening to this Audacious Podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com.